0: please turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 22, beginning in verse 17. You know what that means, don't you? Man. It's the end. <laughs> you wondered if the end was coming? Well, here it is. Revelation chapter 22, beginning in verse 17. If you found your place, please stand to honor the reading of God's word. Some of you thought we'd never get here. Revelation 22, and the Lord can just come back right now. and be fine. it really be the end. Ooh. The beginning. the beginning. Revelation 22, 17 says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. Let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. You may be seated. God, I was reminded this week that life is a vapor. We are here for a little while and then we vanish. The lives we lead are so fragile. We can perish in an instant. Lord, I thank you that those who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ don't have to worry about that. That when we grieve the loss of those that we love and when we mourn, we do so with hope. That those who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus and called on Him for salvation and repented of their sins and have followed after Him, they will never cease to live before you. Thank you for that blessed hope. God, as we have read through this book of Revelation and we have seen the things that have happened, the things that are happening now, and the things that will happen, I pray, Lord, that our faith in you would be strengthened, that you would give us boldness in proclaiming your word in our day-to-day lives. God, that we would surrender ourselves to you every morning and take up the cross that you have for us and that we would follow after Jesus. God, that we would not neglect the reading of your word. That we would listen to your Holy Spirit as we are convicted and comforted and taught and rebuked. God, that we would seek righteousness and holiness before you that we would lay down the things of this world and keep ourselves unspotted by all the temptations that surround us on a day-to-day basis. Lord, help us to take care of the orphans and the widows, for those that are hungry and naked, for those that are sick and in prison, for those in the hospitals and the nursing homes and the orphan house. God, help us to be righteous here in this house. Help us to love each other the way that you have commanded. Help us to even love our enemies if they are found among our brothers and sisters. Help the whole world to know you by the way that we love each other. God, as we go through your word this morning, I pray that your Holy Spirit fill us In Jesus' name I pray. Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come. Let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. And Jesus stood up at the end of a celebration, a whole festival, and he says, If you're thirsty, come get you something to drink. He met the woman at the well and told her that if if she knew who he was, she would be asking him for water that would help her to never thirst again. But the passage I want to turn to is Isaiah chapter 55. We'll begin in verse 1. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn there. If not, it'll be on the screen. Isaiah 55 verse 1, it says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth Come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. You know, part of the curses that God was going to place on nations was that they would have to pay for their water. How many of y'all paid for water in the last year? Guess what? Our nation is not a nation that honors God anymore. There's your proof. We pay for water. It says if you have no money, come and buy and eat. Yeah, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. There are people in this world that want to make a society where everybody gets a living wage and you just come and go as you please and you have food and you have drink and every culture and every society that has ever tried it without Jesus on the throne has failed. What happens? Corruption, graft, greed. All these people that have access to all this wealth, they begin to take it from others and you find people in bread lines starving to death because they try to do it without God. When Jesus reigns and rules, you'll be able to come and buy wine and milk without money, without price. Verse 2, Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good. Let your soul delight itself in fatness. And all the fat people said, they mean you know, the Bible said I, I looked it up this week that when the Lord loves you, it makes you fat." Have you been to countries where people are malnourished to break your heart? I read this morning, there was an article that said there are more houses and homes in America than there are homeless people living on the streets. We have plenty of places for people. But why are people laying in the middle of the street in the middle of the winter? <coughs> why are they wrapped up in newspapers? Because we live in a broken, and Fallen world. Why is it that we have enough food to feed the world and yet there are people that are starving every day? When we have enough technology, we have enough wealth, we could feed everybody. But we don't. In Las Vegas, I stayed in a home every week. We would move to a different one, and we stayed in a Hispanic home and and we were there to minister and do a vacation Bible school, whatever they needed us to do. And we began to talk with, with some of the people that lived there and they worked in and amongst the casinos because everywhere in Las Vegas is a casino. You know, every gas station, McDonald's, everywhere it's a casino. It's not just the strip. And uh, everywhere they worked. So, so this man, he came to work and then he sent back for his wife and she came to work when he got enough money And she came over to to help support the family and to work. And she knew that there was more family back home that if she could make enough money that they could eventually come and be a part of the American dream. And they came from poverty and destitution. And, And when she got there, he said, my wife cried herself to sleep every night because she worked at a buffet. And at the end of every night, They threw away tons of food, and she knew her family was starving. Do you not believe that God begins to cry out, that people begin to cry out to God when things like that happen? Justice cries out against such things. God's plan is for us to be well fed. And if we're not, something's wrong. Verse 3, it says, Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, And nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God. And for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. How is it that a nation as blessed as we are has tried to divorce itself from the God who blessed it? How many of y'all remember prayer in school? How many of y'all ever heard a Bible story in school? It's amazing how our educational system has decided that they want to remove God and put in all kinds of paganism. And they're putting in every other ritual, every other religion, but they won't allow the one true God. And they restrict access for our children. Many of our children that are in the community are not in a church on Sunday, so guess what? They don't get to learn about God anywhere, And their families don't know enough about God or the Word of God to be able to teach them. So what should we do as a church? We should go out into those communities and start backyard Bible clubs and start places where we can teach them Sunday school. If they can't make it to church on Sunday, then the church ought to make it to them on Monday through Saturday. We should make it a part of our lives and our routine to go out and make disciples for Christ. Preacher, I don't know enough. Then learn. What's stopping you? We have more knowledge and education in this world right now than we've ever had throughout all of history. But we're lacking in wisdom. A person who is wise wins souls, is what the Bible says. So if you want to win souls, you've got to become wise, and wisdom comes from the Lord. And if you lack wisdom, the Bible says to ask for it, and God will give it to you. Jeremy Holly said, I preached the same thing for four years straight, but he's grown in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. We've got a running joke between us about all that, but the truth is, he said, the message is the same, but he'll tell you, he's different. How has God worked through the same message for 2,000 years to make people different? It's because coupled with his Holy Spirit, You'll learn something that you never saw before. That if the Spirit of God is active and alive in your life and you're listening and paying attention, you just take the next step that he puts in front of you and eventually you'll find yourself serving God 24 hours a day, seven days a week until you see Jesus. That's where I'm at, folks. told my sister yesterday, she'll tell my wife something and she'll expect me to know it once she's told my wife. Or she'll tell me something and expect my wife to know it once i know it but that's not how it works because my wife and i are both working 24 7 for jesus and we don't always have time to talk about everything that's going on you should see us at the end of the day sometimes i can't even speak straight is it true the words that are coming out of my mouth are not intelligible words i get it from my mother Pure exhaustion Somebody told me this morning I said you look tired <laughs> You best believe I am God gives rest To those that he loves And I get to sleep at night Praise the Lord And I get days off during the week But when you live And you serve God by his Holy Spirit You are always looking for opportunity And as soon as he and gives them to you. You say, thank you. Praise you, Lord. I'll keep going if you'll give me the strength. And that's where I'm at this morning. When God gives you the strength, you stand and you proclaim. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Think about that. Sometimes you've got to put a stop to how you're thinking. If you're a married man, you've got to stop thinking about other women. If you're a married woman, you've got to stop thinking about other men. If you're a child of God, you've got to stop following other gods. You've got to clean up your thought life. Let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. God will forgive you if you'll dedicate your way to him. Verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. You know this when you're raising kids. You tell them to do something, they start to do it, and you say, not like that. Any of you uh, parents or, or people... Uh, want somebody to help you clean the house and as soon as they start helping you, you say, stop, I'll do it myself. Any of you workers have this young guy on the job site and you're trying to get something done and you watch them for a minute, you think, oh no, this is not going to be good. I've been that worker doing things that were ignorant. Some of those lessons you just buy over time. Can you imagine God watching us make choices and decisions without him and how that goes? The foolishness of man, the wrath of man, it doesn't work the righteousness of God. His thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways are not our ways. There have been things that God has impressed upon me to do, he's led me to do, and when I looked at that, I I thought, how am I gonna tell my wife this? Because this doesn't even make sense to me, Lord. I've gotta take her and these kids and go in this direction we're going to do that. Every time. Every time. Throughout 22 years of ministry. Every time. God has worked it out according to his plan. Not just one time or every once in a while. I'm saying every time the Lord has impressed upon me something that he was doing in my life where I couldn't see the end of it, he has worked it out. One hundred percent. How many times have you made plans that didn't work out? How many times have you started a diet that you didn't finish? How many times did you start to save money and couldn't, couldn't put two nickels together? I mean, how many times have you made plans about education and dropped that? I mean, just, all. I had plans. I was going to be an x-ray technologist, or I was going to fly planes, or I was going to do something. I'm not doing those things. Thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. Verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. One of my kids one time said, I think more than you. <laughs> I said, good luck with that. Verse 10. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Read the Old Testament. The reason I'm telling you to read the Old Testament is because over here in 1 Kings, God will say, this is what I'm going to do. And in the 2 Kings, you see it play out. Samuel was sent to David. We've been reading this story. Samuel was sent to David to anoint him to be king. Way over here, David becomes king. It blew my mind. This morning I was reading... Um, in 2 Kings about King Josiah. And back in 1 Kings, a prophet came and said, there's going to be a son of David born named Josiah that is going to do exactly what Josiah does in 2 Kings. When God said something to Abraham about his people going down into Egypt and then coming out after 400 and something years, God can make all that stuff happen. So why would you entrust your life to your own thinking about where you should go and what you should do? Shouldn't you consult the one who made you to know what direction you should be going in? He controls things like the rain so that people have food to eat. And when his word goes out of his mouth, it accomplishes its purpose. Verse 12, it says, For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. Doesn't that sound like the sound of music? The hills are alive. with, <laughs> the And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And that shall be to the Lord for a name for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. If you were to take a walk through my woods outside my house right now, there are some sawtooth briars out there that will cut you up. It's miserable trying to take a walk through the woods when there's briars around. But one day, there won't be any more. God's gonna change the very nature of this place. So in the spirit of the bride and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. That traces its way all the way back to Isaiah chapter 55, which we just went through. There are some people out there that say you, you can't be saved unless you're elected by God. But when you read verses of scripture like this, it says Whosoever will, let him take the water of life free. I don't know what you've done in your life, but I know what I've done. And truth is, I know what some of you have done too. Whether you know, I know it or not. And some of it's just rumor or speculation on what might have happened in your life. Somebody's made it up. God knows you. He still sent Jesus to die for you. So I don't know what would keep you from calling upon him for a glass of cold water when you're thirsty. Jesus said, I thirst. And he was hanging on the cross. When they jabbed that spear in his side, blood mingled with water and flowing down. If that blood is applied to your life, you'll never thirst again because Jesus was thirsty on your behalf. Verse 18 and 19 For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, and out of the holy city from the things which are written in this book. This is a a children's Bible story book, and, and we read through it to our children, and we leave certain details out. We are try to make an age appropriate for them. It doesn't mean that we're taking away from the Word of God. Sometimes when I'm leading a prayer, I'll, I'll quote a verse of Scripture out of the Bible. You don't have to quote the whole Bible every time you read it or every time you share it with people. So what is this talking about when it says, don't add to or take away? It means if there's something that's not in the Word of God and you think it should be in there, So you add it yourself, that's a problem. And God knows about it. Or if there's something in there that really speaks to your life as to what you shouldn't be doing and you wanna do it anyway, and you delete it out of the Bible, that's a problem. There are people manipulating scripture every day to fit their agenda. We've talked about it some in Stump the Preacher, I had a friend, um, a nurse that I worked with, he went to uh, Washington, D.C., and he got to see uh, the Bible museum that was there. And he said the thing that stood out to him most was the Bible that was compiled for slaves. He said it was about 10% of the actual Bible. What they had done is they would take out anything that would point a person who was a slave to freedom. That's what this is talking about in Revelation. This isn't the only place in Scripture where you're told not to add to or take away. And in Deuteronomy, uh, way back when, when the law was written, it said two times in Deuteronomy, do not add to or take away, you will be cursed if you take away from this thing. And when you read it in, in Revelation here, it says that all the plagues from this book are going to follow on you, which means if you start taking stuff out of the Word of God to make your own religion, guess what, you get to go through all this man. That and worse. Some religions have been founded off of adding to the scriptures. Mormonism is one of them. They have a, another testament that they try to give you that was given by some angel to Joseph Smith. And Paul says it in scripture. He says if another, if somebody comes to you giving you another gospel, even an angel from heaven said don't believe them. But the passage I want to turn to is found in 2 Kings chapter 22 verses 1-20. through 20. And, and the reason I bring this up is because what happened was negligence. You see, some of us take away from the Word of God simply by neglecting to read it. Some of us are void of the Word of God in our lives. So you're destined to receive the plagues that are written in this book because you refuse to read it, learn from it, and live a righteous life. So what had happened in 2 Kings chapter 22? I mentioned Josiah earlier. Verse 1. Josiah was 8 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jedediah the daughter of Adana, of Boscan. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Some of the kings did not. Some of these kings before him have been evil and wicked. It says, And he walked in all the way of David, his father, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. Verse 3, And it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah that the king sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, the scribe, to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, that he may sum the silver which is brought into the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the door have gathered of the people. And let them deliver it into the hand of the doers of the work that have the oversight of the house of the Lord. Let them give it to the doers of the work which is in the house of the Lord to repair the breaches of the house. Unto carpenters and builders and masons and to buy timbers, or timber, and hewn stone to repair the house. Howbeit there was no reckoning made with them of the money that was delivered into their hand, because they dealt faithfully. Alright, a renovation project is scheduled. Have we been through renovation at Calvary since I've been here? Yes, we have. We're going to find some parallels here in a minute. Here in a minute. And Heokai the high priest said unto Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. Shaphan the scribe came to the king and brought the king word again and said, The servants have gathered the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of them that do the work, that have the oversight of the house of the Lord. And Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest hath delivered me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. They had lost a book of the Bible. In the house of God. And through renovations they found it. When we did renovations on the church, we found a Bible that had been placed in the wall of the church. Still got it back here in my office. And it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the book of the law that he tore his clothes Now, if you go back to Deuteronomy, when when the words of God were being written down, the law said that a king was supposed to copy, word for word, the law. He was supposed to make his own scripture. He was supposed to write it down himself so that that king would know how to lead the people in following the word of God. Did they do it? Nope, they forgot all about it. They didn't teach the next generation or the next generation or the next and eventually they got to doing some evil and wicked stuff. So much so that when Josiah begins to do some of his reforms, I read it this morning, it said that they had to clear out the rooms in the temple that were there for the prostitutes of idols both male and female rooms that have been set up in the temple of God. Could you imagine Calvary Baptist Church having prostitution rooms set up for people to worship false gods? That's what had happened because they had neglected to read the word of God and put it into practice. And I'm telling you that in a nation full of people that don't know God's word, it gets far worse than just paying for your water. And you can turn on the news and you can watch what happens all the time when people do what is right in their own eyes and have no authority from the Word of God. Every day, something despicable, abominable happens. They found the word of God. He began to tear his clothes. Verse 12. And the king commanded Hilkiah the priest and Ahicham the son of Shaphan and Akbor the son of Melchi,ah And Shaphan the scribe, as I, as I pronounce it however you want to, a servant of the king saying, Go ye, inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not hearkened unto the words of this book to do according unto all that which is written concerning us. At the very end of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22, verses 19 and 20, or 18 and 19, we are being told not to add to and not to take away from the word of God. But what we have done is we have taken the whole book and thrown it out. And as a result of throwing out the study and education of the Word of God. We have multiple generations of people in this country that do not know what God has commanded us to do. And there are churches that won't even preach. They won't teach Scripture. You can go to some churches and, and get ready to write your notes and leave with a blank page because they never get around to reading the Word of God. They never get around to preaching and teaching the truth. Verse 14, So Hilkiah the priest and Ahikam and Akbor. Shaphan and I went unto the to hold of the prophetess the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikva son of Haros, keeper of the wardrobe so there's a prophetess that keeps the wardrobe now she dwelt in Jerusalem in the college and they communed with her and she said unto them thus saith the Lord God of Israel tell the man that sent you to me Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place and upon the inhabitants thereof, even all the words of the book which the king of Judah hath read. Because they have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods, and they might, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be kindled against this place and shall not be quenched. Because they failed to read the word of God, they were about to suffer the wrath of but to the king of Judah, which sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, as touching the words which thou hast heard. Because thine heart was tender, thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord. When thou hurtst what I spake against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and hast rent thy clothes and wept before me, I also have heard thee, saith the Lord. When you hear the Word of God read and you come across something that you're not doing that He tells you to do, or you come across something that you're doing that He says don't do, respond like Josiah and tear your clothes and say, God, forgive me. I have omitted the good and i have accepted the bad. Verse 20, Behold, therefore, I will gather thee unto thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered into thy grave in peace, and thine eyes shall not see all the evil which I will bring upon this place. And they brought the king's word again. The king is delivered. The country is destroyed. They end up being taken into captivity, into exile by Babylon. All right, uh, the last section is found in verses 20 and 21 of Revelation chapter 22. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. How many of you want the Lord to come back quickly? I do. And the older I get, the faster I want him to come back. I want him to come back right now. I love some people that need Jesus. I do. I want them to be saved. These are people that are close to me and that I love But for selfish reasons, I wish he'd come back right now. If he doesn't, I'm going to keep working on those that need Jesus. And that's the fact we have to get to, church. We have to be working on those that need Jesus. We have to go out and labor in the field and evangelize and witness and do all the things that he's commanded us to do, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. We were just here June a year ago. 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning verse 1, says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead and his appearing and his kingdom. They'll be living and dead when Jesus comes back. That's what it says. He's going to judge those who are alive and those who have died. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. My job as your pastor is to preach and to teach. Some of y'all suffer a long time while I'm preaching because you're so hungry. Long suffer, but also with doctrine. Oh, I just believe all you need is Jesus, and that's the end of it. Have you read Scripture? Yes, you need Jesus. But you need to study and learn the doctrine of your faith. If you're not doing that, you have failed in the one thing that matters for all of eternity. If you refuse to study and learn more about the Word of God and what He has for you in your life than you do about science or math or social studies or geography or your job, all of those things are fleeting and passing away. This lasts forever. It should be your number one focus to learn doctrine. Verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, nor are we there. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, or teachers that will scratch their itch. I want a teacher that will teach me about all this social stuff and political stuff and all this mess. Look, folks, if you get the main thing right, everything else will fall in line. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself, it'll fix our legal system, it'll fix our jails, it'll fix our poverty, it'll fix our hunger, it'll fix all the kids that are waiting to be adopted, it'll fix the nursing homes that have people in them that haven't seen family in years. It'll put some professions out of a job. If we would love God with everything we've got and love our neighbor as ourselves. But when we love ourselves above everything else, just turn on the news and see what happens. When you love yourself first, everything falls apart. Verse 4 it says, And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, it shall be turned unto fables. They don't quit listening, they just start listening to lies. They don't quit seeking information, they don't quit seeking knowledge, wisdom, understanding. They just change what they listen to. And they no longer want to hear the truth. The truth really hurts when you're living a lie. So they turn to fables to ease their pain. Verse 5, but watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Paul's talking to a young preacher here and he says, be willing to go through the hardship Verse 6, For I, I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Paul said, if you keep doing what I do, you're going to die like I die. He said, I've, I've done it all. I'm ready. I'm ready to offer myself up as a martyr. Just about every one of Jesus' followers initially became martyrs for teaching the truth. Verse 7. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. You know people who've lost, they've lost their faith. They go through a hardship, they go through a trial, they go through a divorce, they go through death of a loved one, whatever it is. I mean, they eventually just lose their faith in God. Verse 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that also, all them also that love his appearing. you get a crown for looking forward to Jesus coming back. So everybody that's ready for Jesus to come back now, you'll be rewarded for it. But if you're constantly thinking about Jesus coming back, you need to be thinking about what you're doing to prepare for his return. There are things that you can work in and gifts that he's given you and talents that you have that can be used to draw people to Jesus. That's what we're doing as a church. That's the ministry and the work that we're doing in these communities that we're going to, the nursing home, the jail, mathis all these things that we're doing. if we would learn to use those talents and draw people to Jesus and somebody gets saved because we were there, you'll reap a reward for Because every individual that has led to salvation in Jesus will never die. And you'll be a part of that. If you're here today and you're lost, the Bible says, whoever is thirsty, come get you a drink. Jesus, the Savior. God, I thank you for our time together in your word this morning. Lord, I thank you for the end of the book of Revelation. God, you have promised in your word that you would bless those who read it and keep it. Well, God, we've read it. Now help us to do what the word says so that we will reap a reward for it. God, we surrender our lives to you. We want to live for you each and every day. Give us the things that you would have us to do today. Help us to honor you in our choices and decisions. God, if there's somebody here that the Holy Spirit is drawing to Jesus, I pray that they would come and talk with me so I could lead them in salvation. Now, if there's somebody who is not a member of the church and they feel like they need to join, they've been saved, but they don't have a church home, I pray that they would come and be a part of what we're doing here at Calvary. That's your will for them. Lord, help us as we grow physically, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally to draw people to Jesus, our Savior and our Lord, Sacrifice on our behalf for that we say thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.